0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Hey, can I give you a heads up? This episode's going to have some complicated financial stuff, but everyone's situation is different, so you should really get your own advice.
2: It was just a regular day, you see, and I was sitting in my office, minding my own damn business when this dame walks in and she says to me, she says, ''I need an investigator.'' I say you've come to the right place. Pineapple investigations, like it says on the door. And I'm Jan Fran. And she says, Have I got a case for you, Jan Fran? Anyway, this dame, she goes on to tell me this wild story.
3: Yes, so um, my dad died a little bit over a a year ago. Um, I'm fine. He wasn't, obviously, but uh, it was a situation where we were estranged for many years. I don't know if there's a will. I don't know anything. Basically, it's just it's it's almost like a stranger has died, and I'm left with the with the job of having to piece together his life and figure out what to do with his his effects.
2: Truth really is stranger than fiction. See. That's the thing with dying. You reduce your own to do list dramatically, but the business of life just keeps ticking along without you. And if nobody picks up that slack, eventually the mortgage goes unpaid, the electricity shuts off, the cats don't get wormed, and the car radio. <laughs> Forget about that. So, what can you do before you die to ensure the people you leave behind don't have to pull a weekend at Bernie style heights just to get into your bank accounts? Although, I'd love to see that because otherwise your loved ones are going to be left in the dark like Kate unsure of where pulling those threads of her
3: dad's life might lead. It was a situation where we were estranged for many years so since I was about 13 hadn't spoken to him and um I got news that he had died um the day before the funeral so What had happened was he had um, died alone. He was living in a share house and um, his body went unclaimed for about four weeks. um, And there was a community around him who was trying to track us down. And I suppose like the police were trying to track us down, but for some reason they couldn't find us. And out of sheer coincidence, my uncle had um, met someone who said, listen, there was this notice in the paper because he was in... In Brisbane at the time and we're in Sydney. And um, they put two and two together. And by that stage, the funeral was was three days away. And then it took my relatives three days to contact me. So I found it very late, flew up to Brisbane really quickly and went to the funeral, having not seen him since I was a kid. And then I was left with the the task of figuring out what to do with his estate. Spoiler alert, I have done nothing because I have no idea what to do. So you
2: hadn't seen or spoken to your dad since you were 13 years old. Mm. How old are you now?
3: So I'm 40. So, you know, okay, more that's than a long two decades. Time. It's a long time time ago. So, you know, we've had no contact. He And he had very minimal contact with my extended family on his side as well. So they, you know, were trying to stay in touch with him, um, but he had kind of isolated himself from the family at large. So... What they knew was also pretty limited. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mystery. Like, I don't know what kind of accounts he had. I don't know. Like, he was a veteran, so I knew he must have been getting some pension. Um, I was told he might have a house, um, but he was living at a share, in a share house at the time he died. So I don't know if that's true, but my relatives insist that it was. I don't know if there's a will. I don't know anything. Basically, it's just—it's almost like a stranger has died, and I'm left with the with the job of having to piece together his life and figure out what to do with his his effects. So, um, what do I do? I have no idea. And I suppose ultimately, I could probably just let it lie. But I, I do feel, you know, even though we were estranged, his—you know—this other human being who had a tough life in his own way. And I'd like to kind of help bring closure to that life. Whether or not he had any, an estate that was worth anything, like as far as I know, I'm not a beneficiary of of any of that. It's really a case of wanting to kind of close everything up. If there was anything, my understanding is everything's being left to my younger brother. Um, which is fine, but uh, I just don't know the first thing about how to even track down what accounts he had, um, what he owned, what he wanted done. So I would really love to find a way or a path to figuring it all out. Do you know where to start? No. (laughs) I mean, the other layer of difficulty is that this is all happening in a different state. So everything he had is somewhere else. There's also, you know, a family overseas. Like he had um, more than one partner. He had other kids that I don't know as well. So um, I don't know if he was seeing them as the people he should take care of or whether it was my brother or whether it was, you know, who knows? It's just a big tangled web. Yeah.
2: Do you know at
3: least what documents you might need to get this process started? I guess the first step would be, I don't know, some letter of administration or probate, which establishes me as the executor of this estate. I mean, it's really just been from a family point of view where I've just kind of by default been nominated as the person who will tidy this all up. But there may be someone else who's regarded as next of kin for him, I just don't even know. So um, I guess that would be first step is to work out who's the executor or make myself the executor. Yeah. Is it important for you to tie up his affairs? Is it? Is that an important thing for you to do? Yes and no. So no in the sense that he wasn't in my life. I wouldn't be getting anything out of this. Um, but I still, you know, feel bad for him as someone who lives a fairly unhappy life who was almost, you know, given a farewell by a bunch of strangers. And and it was just a bunch of strangers, 90% strangers. There were a few of us there in the end, but just there by the grace of God, did we make it? And who knows, there might be things that I learn about him and his life that might bring me some more understanding of who he was and why he was the way he was. You know, obviously wasn't a great relationship or he was not a great parent, but you know, I might learn something from it. I just think he needs to get some kind of ending.
2: Yeah. Do you
3: have any leads? No. So all I know is maybe I can go to the public trustee. The thing that has stopped me from doing this is is emotionally, even though I want to give him some kind of resolution, financially, I don't know how much this is going to cost me. And ideally, it would cost me nothing. I don't mind giving it my time, but... I don't want to pay thousands of dollars to resolve his life. I just would rather not be out of pocket for it, but I would really like to be able to resolve it for him. So, we're going to take some of your questions to a financial planner. So, what are your sort of top questions for her? Who do I talk to first? and, you know, what are the key things I need to resolve in order to resolve his estate? Is this going to cost me anything other than time? How long is this going to take? What happens if there's debt? And what happens if there's actually an estate that's worth something? How do we dispense of that responsibly if there's no will? These are all very good questions.
2: It sounds like it might be a relatively simple thing or it sounds like it might end up being a super complicated thing. I guess you've got to sort of start unravelling that thread, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, there could be something. The thing that I've been told by my relatives was that they're convinced he had a house. I don't want that house. And according to my relatives, who had, you know, more recent contact with him, he said that if he had anything he would want to leave it all to my brother. Now, my brother can have all of that stuff. I don't care. I just want to, like, resolve it. So what is the simplest way to resolve that? So we know, A, did he own anything or were there any accounts? Were there any debts? Because out of whatever estate there may be, we'd like to kind of return some of that back to the community who kind of took care of his body and his situation when they organised the funeral and all that. So it's just about, you know, tidying it all up nicely and being able to close the book on the life that he had here. And Someone if... tell me what to do, please.
2: <laughs> that is one hectic case to crack. I really want to help Kate. But who do I call about a thing like this?
0: You know who to call Jan Friend. Jan Friend. Ah! Obviously you would call your ghostly mate who has friends in the other realms and tons of otherworldly knowledge.
2: Oh, God. Grimmy. Yes. Wait, are you here to take me to the other side?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm here to do you a favour and hook you up with exactly the person you need to crack this case. Besides, I've been looking at your online banking. Say what? No interrupting. And I see that you're the bill payer in the household. Do you do most of the admin? Yeah. And something I see a lot is that when I take someone, the person left behind has no idea how to access certain bank accounts or what subscriptions or loans need to be paid. And if you're the one left behind, unravelling that complicated web of someone else's affairs can be a real bummer on top of everything else.
2: So, do you have a contact for me or what?
0: Oh yeah, let me have a look. Yep, yeah, here you go. The woman you seek is called Donnelly Powell. She's a financial planner who specialises in deceased estates and the like. I see her a lot, actually. Uh, We play squash together once a month. She's sneaky.
2: Sashay away, Grimmy.
0: I'm helping you. Jeez,
2: his whole deal is so unnecessary. But yeah, I will take him up on that contact.
0: I'm still standing here.
2: That's illegal. You need to go. Oh,
0: pushy.
1: (laughs)
2: So Donna, I know this woman called Kate and she's in a bit of a pickle.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. In this situation, the first thing Kate needs to figure out is whether there's a valid and current will in place. And if there is, she needs to obtain the original document of that will. And and within that will, in that original document of that will, outline who her estranged father has nominated as the executor of the will and how he wishes to have his estate distributed. There is no register for this. And it's a problem that we come across quite regularly, actually, because people do these wills and they put them in a safe place. And when somebody passes away, um, you you know, they forget where they are and then quite often they're unable to be located. So if there's no willing place, then the next thing is she needs to decide who's going to apply to be the administrator of the estate um, and have a discussion about you know, the situation in the estate and decide who's going to apply to the courts to become the administrator. So somebody who formally is almost in charge of the estate to wind it up and distribute assets. And it's state by state. So different states have different rules to how assets are distributed. If somebody dies in test state, which means they die without a will. You can nominate the public trustee to be sort of like a trustee of an estate. If somebody doesn't have somebody to act on their best interests if they are not of sound mind or they are able to make decisions on their behalf. So the public trustee is a government department that has been created to step into those roles for people who don't have people that they can rely on to do these sorts of things. But she would then lose control. So rather than her applying to the courts to determine the determination for the estate and how that's distributed, it would be the public trustee does that on her behalf.
2: So Donna's saying basically, that this is pretty complicated. When someone dies, you are under a huge amount of stress and grief. And to make things worse, you have to somehow untangle that sticky mess of passwords and assets and debts and direct debits, you know, the kind of paper trail that a human leaves behind.
1: You know, if they can get bank statements or do a title search just basically find out what assets he's got. Also, something very important is she mentioned that he was a veteran. He would have been on um, Department of Veteran Affairs pension payments possibly. So it's up to the executor or the administrator of the estate to actually notify them of his passing. And otherwise they could be racking up some debt there that she uh, that the estate may be liable for. If you're an executor or administrator of an estate and you distribute assets and there's some outstanding debts to that person that hasn't been paid, maybe like a tax debt or, you know, something like that, the individual executor can be liable for not paying down any individual debts that the person may have had if it's not been paid and the assets have been distributed. You know, he may have superannuation funds or life insurance policies um, and it's not as easy as it should be to be able to determine whether people have these types of assets that and that potentially could change the whole outcome of the estate and and the stress that this is putting on Kate yeah it's going to cost her a lot of time to to administrate this but the way it works is usually the children or the spouse make the payments up front for all these government fees or lawyers' fees to get the process underway and they're entitled to recoup the costs from the estate. In Kate's situation, we actually don't know whether there's any money in the estate to be able to recoup the costs. So I can I appreciate her fears about moving forward with this because potentially she could be out of pocket if there is no money in the estate to be able to recoup those costs. This is quite a common thing. You know, you hear some pretty horrific stories when it comes to estate planning, and, you know, we touched on it before, how people just don't talk about it, yet it's just so detrimental and so important to people's well-being that are left here, you know, children, spouses that are left here after somebody passes away.
2: What are some of the unexpected costs that can rear their head when someone dies?
1: Like I have a I have a client who was, you know, in her mid thirties, her husband passed away. He was a sole director of the company. He managed he was the primary breadwinner of the family. They had two young children and her legal process probably cost up to about maybe eight thousand. But then the accounting costs were, you know, I think in between sort of forty and fifty thousand dollars because of the record keeping to date um, and changing accountants and all of those sorts of things that they literally were being paid to figure out the current situation and what was actually going on within the company. People just don't know what they don't know. Until they're in that situation, they don't realise the complexity involved, how important it is and how everything can ride on just one document. We've got this antiquated, archaic estate planning system, you know, like I had a situation just a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, I lost my husband, he passed away four and a half years ago and I went to the post office to lodge my poor do- my daughter's, um, who's 16, her passport renewal application, went through the application online in detail, made sure that I uh, said that I could do it as one parent and read it intricately to make sure that I didn't require anything else to avoid what actually ended up happening. So, you know, four and a half years later, I rock up to the post office just before it was closing with my daughter in tow and the lady goes, well... On the birth certificate, it says that your daughter has a father, yet you're the only one applying for the passport. And the father will need to authorise a renewal of the passport. So then I had to say again for the 50 millionth time, her dad has passed away. I'm sorry, he's not here. Can I not just lodge it? And she's like, I'm sorry, you'll have to prove that your, her father has passed away. Now, I'd just moved house, you know, three months before. I have, like, boxes and boxes and boxes of things that I have shelved that I didn't think I needed to deal with. So I then had to scroll through every single box that night and the next morning I found something at like 5 o'clock the next morning which was an envelope which had his our marriage certificate, his passport, his birth certificate, the death certificate, all things I'd popped away probably maybe a year ago after I'd finalised everything thinking that I would never have to deal with that again and had I not been able to locate the original one, I had copies of certified documents, so they wouldn't accept that. I had to find the actual original death certificate. Had I not been able to find that, I don't know whether I would have been able to get anything from birth, death and marriages because all the ID proving that I was married to him that I was with him for like 20-odd years was in that one box. So I would have potentially ended up in Kate's situation, not knowing where to go, what to do, because all my proof of us being married, you know, him being alive... Was all in that one box. So thankfully, I was managed to find it. So Rhett was thirty nine when he passed away, and he was swimming the Busselton Half Ironman. So he was fit, healthy. The coroner's report couldn't determine what, why he actually passed away. So to this day, we still we still don't know what the cause was. Um, and that in its sense, that in itself caused me some angst um, in my whole estate planning process of dealing with the trustee of an industry super fund, because it had undetermined, they pretty much weren't comfortable paying the money out to me even though I was his nominated beneficiary because they were concerned that I may have been involved with his death. So just having that conversation on the phone obviously triggered me quite emotionally and it was actually at that point that I actually outsourced my claim <laughs> With them to my old business partner to help me facilitate that because I just couldn't cope with it anymore and that's with all my strength and experience and I had been dealing with clients who had lost partners before so it was just one component of it so you know even when you are organised you still get triggered by some people's responses and insensitivity to when they're dealing with such a personal issue not to mention the fact that you've got to relive the day over and over and over again to explain to everybody why you're there what you're doing and what you need to achieve it's just it's ridiculous really.
2: Jonah, what can I put in place right now to make all of this easier in the event that something happens?
1: If you want to make things easier and plan for, you know, the unimaginable, I suggest that you get a proper will drafted by professional services. And I highly recommend that you pay for a professional that you know and that you trust that's been recommended to you because the costs that you pay up front now will be far less than if you don't die with a will or your will is actually invalid when you pass away. So ensure that you've got all your insurances in place and that you've nominated who you want those funds to go to. Make sure you're aware of your superannuation funds and who you've nominated for those funds to go to after you've passed away. And tell somebody that you know and trust where you keep all those important documents. It's a very complex area um, and it can cost the estate far greater and add so much more additional stress to your family and loved ones if you don't sort out your affairs before you die.
2: We took Donna's advice to Kate, and she is going to have a good hard think about how to proceed. But all that chat about hidden assets and who has what in their cupboard, it's got me thinking. People will really surprise you, won't they? What would I be worried about people finding after I died? other than anything that I've ever said on OKCupid ever, is that still a thing? Your turn.
0: I do worry about if that happened, just all of, like, our financial affairs, like with my partner and I, like all the various transactions I've done and we have some stock, what she would do with all that stuff. So I do think about, like, what we should be telling people.
3: I will tell my sisters to, you know, like, delete my cache, (laughs) clear my browser history delete all the bookmarks. But in the end, porn is just porn, (laughs) right? I think the thing
2: that I'd be worried about most if I died suddenly was that nobody would find me for a while. They can find the vibrator, they can find all the uh, weird stuff I have. It's just, what if they don't find my stinky body rotting away on the floor?
0: I've thought about this already. I have a plan. I've actually... Uh, told two of my best friends where my keys are and they know what in my house needs to be taken away and hidden. I don't want someone packing up all the nice things and they're like, oh, so this is how kinky he is. Not really, I'm pretty clean, but maybe my dad would be disappointed if he found my drugs.
2: I won't care, I'm dead. Lol, I mean, I know we're talking about death, but that's pretty funny. OK, There's a lot of information in this episode, so I'm gonna have a crack at breaking down some of the main things we've learned about death admin. One, you should totally ask for help. You can go to moneysmart.gov.au and they have a whole section dedicated to how to cope financially with the loss of your partner. And at another government website, humanservices.gov.au, there's even a list of people and organisations that you need to contact after a death. And these national websites will usually be your first point of call for any free financial counselling or debt counselling that you're entitled to. Two... You need to be proactive. That means checking what government payments you're entitled to and contacting your loved one's bank, following up with their superannuation or their insurance. And if you contract someone to do that, ask them for a quote up front so you don't get stuck with bill shock. And three, and this might sound like a bit of a no-brainer, but organisation is really key here, people. If you're hearing this, you're obviously still alive hopefully. So get your shit together, my friend. Start a death folder. Yeah, start the conversation. Start a bloody Google Doc. Just start collecting the information and choose who you want to have access to it. Mm? Good, good. I'm Jan Fran. This is The Pineapple Project. And this season, we are getting our house in order because, spoiler alert, we're all gonna die someday. Next on The Pineapple Project.
0: If someone doesn't have a will, problems arise almost straight away.
2: Real talk. Do you have a will? Or have you kind of been putting it off?
0: That's the issue that that stops a lot of people doing wills because they can't appoint someone who they trust to look after the kids.
2: Yeah, but if you leave it until it's too late...
3: Um, You find yourself having to justify what you're entitled to.
0: I've had sisters end up in fistfights at mediation.
2: That's in the next episode of The Pineapple Project. This podcast is mixed by sound engineers Angie Grant and Chrissy Miltiardu. It's produced by Carla Arnold and Claire O'Halloran. The role of Grimmy, the Grim Reaper, is played by Rhys Nicholson. The host is me, Jan Fran. The Pineapple Project's executive producer is Rachel Fountain and Kelly Reardon is the manager of ABC Audio Studios. Sick team. Oh, yeah, and since we're getting the 411 on your financial admin and whatnot, you should definitely go back and listen to the entire first season of The Pineapple Project There is some really good info in there for you. Trust me, you just got to do some deep scrolling back through the Pineapple Project podcast feed wherever you're listening to this episode and binge it all from the very beginning. Love you and miss you. Bye.